0: We're available on Facebook as Latin Proud Orlando and on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and ¡Vamos Orlando! How you doing, everybody? It's Monday, May the 30th, 8.40 p.m. Thank you so much for being here. This is Loud and Proud Orlando. Uh, happy Memorial Day to everybody that is watching us live, as well as listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have uh, a lot to talk about today. Uh, before we start, uh, and before I give the mic to Dave and to Paola, I want to thank uh, you know um, everybody that's been joining our, our Facebook groups and everybody that's been supporting the show. Uh, since we started this adventure together, uh, you know, Dave and I, and and now Paula that joined as well. So I want to, um, you know, keep encouraging everybody to keep joining our, our Twitter account, uh, LPO underscore podcast on Twitter. We're also live on Facebook right now, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Click a notification bell for all notifications, uh, you know, so you can get the alert. And, uh, you know, before we start, I, I, I do want to, you know um say that you know i think it, it was a great win for orlando city against inter miami uh, i think uh, there's a lot of things to analyze there but uh, orlando got the w no matter what and i think uh, that's the cup that we're aiming for uh in front of us now we have a tough opponent called nashville uh, it's always been very tough to play against them uh it doesn't matter if it's at, at their turf at our turf it's 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 been tough playing nashville so i think uh The club now and the team gets a well-deserved break. Uh, A lot of the players go to international duty, and uh, they have a lot of time to heal, and um, hopefully we see another W in the horizon. Uh, When it came to the Dallas game, uh, heavily disappointed uh, on how the the midfield of Orlando turned over the ball constantly and pretty much uh, helped out Dallas, um, you know, Completely take over the game in the second half, but um, like I said, we're fifth, right in the standings right now, and uh, we'll 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 get to that and more. So just uh, drop a thumbs uh, thumbs up and uh, leave us a comment. All right, Dave, how are you, man?
1: Happy Monday, Luis and Paola. Uh, thank you, everybody that has uh, joined us live. Long weekend uh, day where we. Uh, pause to remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice in combat and those who serve our nation and are no longer with us. Uh, so for that, uh, uh we are thankful because our Republic is built on the shoulders of men and women who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, with that said, uh, my friends, uh, like Luis already mentioned, uh, uh a Wednesday uh, where we, uh, made a statement, got a, got a win. Um, in my opinion, we made it tougher than it should have been. Got lucky at times. But this uh, this sport is uh, a pound of talent, an ounce of luck, as I always say in this podcast. So I am very happy about that. Obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, the end result. And if you have been to the Internet, you have seen how I felt uh, at the end of that uh, PK round. No need to repeat myself. Um, with that said, uh, what happened in Dallas, unfortunately, or with it, uh, with Dallas at home, unfortunately was the end result of having 90 minutes with nine men in Austin, traveling back to Orlando, putting 120 minutes against a Miami team that really did not want to sell the victory cheaply. So kudos to them. You know, uh, you have to, um, uh, congratulate the opposition because they did not um, they were not an easy prey by any means. Uh, and unfortunately, that cost us. But, uh, you know, while many of you are pressing the panic button, we're going to discuss <laughs> here why things are not the way they look. Paola?
2: Hey, guys, happy Monday. Uh, long, short week, weekend, let's say. Um, great performance on, on Miami game, right? We missed... We have a common denominator here that we need to finish those attacking possession of the ball. Um, but it was a great overall, right? Um, like I said last week, Miami wanted to destroy us, and we we saw it right. It was my first time watching live penalty um kicks. My hands were sweaty, I did not understand. <laughs> about Faku going out at that last minute because we were like there to go to penalty kicks and why not but i was confused but then i read that he had a tightness so i was like oh okay and we need to protect him okay that's fine and um but it, the common den- denominator and the key factor is we need to finish because if we in the first half i think we miss a couple of chances if we would put that ball in the net we wouldn't go to penalty kicks, and then we saw the effect of Campana going in in the seventy-ish minute. He wanted to put that net, that ball into the net. We got lucky. Secondly, the Dallas game first half tremendously phenomenal phenomenal job by the by the by the boys because they were tired. Everybody was tired, right? We didn't had a we didn't have Schlegel. Right and obviously Antonio Carlos is not there, but Smith put a tremendous job being a center back. Um, like Luis said in the beginning, midfield was the key factor for Dallas on Saturday game. So,
0: uh, and uh, you know, let's let's kind of trace back to the Miami game. Honestly, uh, I'm going to start and I'm going to say that. This particular game, for me at least, Orlando came out to dominate all all attacking chances from the get-go. Alexander Pato, Urso, Facundo Torres, they connected several times. And like Paola was saying, they just couldn't finish the play. Um, Oscar in post-press conference said, you know, that's something that we are definitely, um, we know that that's something that we are, you know, um, lacking. and, And we're still working hard to, to, to get over that because, you know, they, they, they touch the ball over 200, 300 times each game. They create a lot of set piece chances, but they just can't capitalize uh, today. Uh, well, against inter Miami, they were playing against a a squad that let them play. And, and that it's, uh, I, I will say one of the worst teams in the league, right? Aside of campana and uh, maybe a couple of players, but, um, when it comes to Dallas, you you can give those spaces to Dallas that way because they will definitely come bite you back. And that's what happened in the second half. You know, they have a better coach. You know, they have a better system. They have players that play in the U.S. men's national team, which is no joke. And they capitalize on Orlando. Now, concentrating more on the, on the intergame, you know, again, Facundo Torres has been superb for Orlando um, the past, I mean, since he came over, he has uh, four assists and, and two goals so far. Uh, he's been very, very uh, good uh, trying to switch from one flank to another. Uh, and one thing I will say is that from Inter Miami, the two best players, as we mentioned in the preview on, on the on the Latin Proud episode before the game, that Emerson and Mota were probably going to be their best players. And that's what exactly happened, you know? Also, they had this young goalkeeper called Callender, and he also came came alive. In um, just in the first half, guys, Orlando had 13 total shots, and out of those 13 total shots, only three on target. 329 passes, and not once, not one single goal. Like that is pretty insane. What do you guys think about that, Dave?
1: Again, uh, the two games that. That we're gonna be talking about, they are intertwine. Um, the um fact that with Dallas, in my opinion, I, and I was in there first uh, home game that I missed, and good reasons for it. I used my tickets uh to the Houston game because I'm gonna have friends from Europe coming to that game. Uh, but I watched that on TV as he, as it unfold. Um, where if if you follow my vlog, um. I said it at the end of the video stating that I felt that the victory on Wednesday was going to influence what was going to happen um, Saturday. Kara scored um, right before the half, uh, the first half ended. And I felt, okay, well, I'm glad I'm wrong. We had other opportunities. We did not capitalize on them. And on the 60th minute, they started making the, the substitutions. Uh, that, that also started, started making the substitutions, and to no surprise, uh, we have goals in the 67th and 70th minute, and that, that was the decisive factor. Even though we had uh, players that came in uh, as substitutes, there were players with a lot of mileage. Facundo Torres already basically played the whole the whole game against Miami uh, in extra time as well, so we had a lot of tired legs. A lot of people were saying, oh, it's because these players do not care. It's because these players, they don't sweat the batch." And I'm sorry, the people that I saw on Wednesday were delirious, delirious, screaming in the streets, including yours truly. And I don't understand why, what happened. You know, that, uh, did, they, did they care against Miami and they're not against Dallas? Uh, they sort of had amnesia. You know, it's not a soap opera. Uh, The fact is, is that these guys had three games in seven days. And I'm a fat middle-aged man. And uh, sadly, I cannot demand from this young man more than I can to myself. Uh, Wednesday, when I was watching the game uh, with our good friend Cleon from Orlando Lions, then we're sitting on the south side. When we realized that the penalty kicks were going to be kicked on the north side, we ran all the way to the north side. I was completely out of breath. I have no business running anywhere, and uh, I can imagine when these players have to do the same distance in less time to cover. Oh, we lost the ball. We have to go back and cover. And that they're doing this constantly. So, uh, to those that uh, basically are saying that our players don't care, well, that's that. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we had to prioritize. And with this, I conclude. Uh, we had to prioritize. At this point, we're three games away from lifting our trophy $300,000 spot on the CCL. Glory to all Orlando City. We're still making playoffs. Uh, It was a defeat against a Western foe. That doesn't really affect our playoff uh, contention because they're in a different conference. So we have to to be strategic. If you look at New York City, who sits first in the East right now, when they were in CCL, they prioritized CCL. They were at the bottom. They were at the bottom, losing games left and right. So, guys, the problem is MLS does not give us the ability to have a big squad. We have to have rotation. We have uh, injuries. We have a lot of things going on. And, unfortunately, we have to prioritize. I'm telling you right now as a fan of Orlando City since 2011, Open Cup should be a priority for three main main things, And and I finish with that. Number one, it's money the club needs. Even though the Wolves are billionaires and all that, the club has to be profitable, and I got news for you that I that I that I know from from good sources. When the club was was bought, the club was bleeding money, and we can have a whole show about this. The club has to be profitable, and that profit has to be reinvested, reinvested in the in the same club. Two, a spot in CCL gives us an exposure to the international market, and three, is a trophy. After eight years in the league, we have to give something to the fans. We Can't just keep sitting on our hands,
0: true. I, I totally agree. Uh, Paola, what are your thoughts? Um, regarding, um, you know, what, what Dave was saying,
2: I, I, I agree. I agree. I never seen Orlando lifting a trophy, and I would like to see Orlando lifting two trophies, right? I don't ask for more. The U.S. Open Cup and the MLS, um, we cannot win every game, right? We have. Everybody, everybody in your jobs, they have good days and bad days, right? Um, something that I observed going to FC Dallas game, and I was I was mad, I was kind of pissed about this. When Ariola scored that last goal, everybody, not everybody, because I didn't do it. Let me clarify that. People in the stands started leaving immediately. I was pissed, Luis and David. Like, I don't understand why they do this. But if you're truly a fan, you will stick into the end because, like I said, you have worse days at the office and good days at the office. And they were just tired. But don't like, if you're a truly fan, don't don't do it. They see like the players can see that you guys are leaving, and I I stay. Win or lose, I always stay until the end. Um, going back to the Miami game, I call it. I'm not bragging myself, but I, like, I have witnesses next to me that day. But if you saw on Twitter, there was a little bird running around the field. And it was funny because I have a picture of Facundo and this little back, black bird. It was not a credible, right? But I was like, this is the lucky charm of Facu to score tonight. And my friends, they were like, ah, they were laughing because it was like sixty-ish minute and no- nothing, nothing from FACU. I'm like, don't, don't worry, something is coming, something is coming, and boom, we got that scored, that scored goal from from Faku. So I got that, I got that, um, that picture. I can send it to you, Luis, so you can see it. Um, but common denominator, we need to finish, um, those, those those attacking forms because we had a lot, like we have how many uh, corners, like 12 corners, 12 corners, I believe against Miami and we were close, but we need to get a better chance on this, on this corner kicks as we do. Cause we have improved.
1: Yeah. For, uh for that, we had 12 corners versus three. Um, I mean, if you look at the, um, at the stats for that game, I mean, we completely dominated, except on the one stat that, is, that trumps all of them, which is the goals. Um, I think, uh, again, I don't know. I, I'm not into conspiracy theories, and I'm not into, uh, oh, my team is a victim. But, you know, Miami had 26 fouls and only two yellows. And we had 17 and only one yellow. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, reading the wrong Thing. It's 26 fouls and four yellows, and we had 17 and four yellows. So, and our yellows uh, primarily are f- coming from descent. For those that don't know what that is, is basically talking back to the ref. Uh, I would love for our fam- our players to sort of reel that back a little bit because these are these are unnecessary yellows. That the refs are idiots, we know. We already have discussed this after the game in Austin. They. Uh, by the way, uh, for the, the, everybody that is listening, same ref that we had in Austin. Ref uh, Atlanta versus Columbus, and basically just, just, just rob Atlanta of a victory. Uh, and you know, when you look at that, of course, you know everybody. Oh yeah, great Atlanta lost, yay! But in in a way, we shouldn't be like that because uh, we are basically saying as long as it happens to un- a team that we don't like or it happens to the opposition, everything is fine. We can't, ha- can't have that attitude. We have to realize that the refs are, are changing the composition of the league, changing the results, and that takes away credibility for new fans to come into the league, for fans outside of the United States to take us seriously. I mean, it's bad enough that we don't have pro relegation, that we have some rules that make us less competitive. And less attractive to uh, prospective uh, top talent. But the fact is, is that pro referees, once again, and this is not the only game, they have several games over the weekend where the ref becomes a protagonist rather than
0: an impartial uh, force to
1: enforce the rules of the game.
0: Look, um, it's a disgrace again. You know, Um, no one's going to take America seriously if they have subpar refereeing like that. Um, I'm telling you because. I, I I mean, as a third-party perspective of somebody that covers other leagues, not just the United States, not just MLS, I'm telling you, it 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 is a joke in and itself. Uh, when you look at the league, everything the league has accomplished, and then you look at Sapa refereeing like that, and then you have a World Cup that you want to, you know, uh, not only Orlando wants to host, but also the MLS wants to make sure that you know everything. Is, is good to go and they're probably having a, a, a better welcome than, you know, Carter, it's, it's, it's not going to cut it with, with that bad refereeing. You know, they cannot referee a, an Atlanta United match or an Orlando match. They're going to referee uh, the best uh, nations in the world. Right. So you can definitely make that assessment. Uh, tracing back what Paula was saying, in my opinion, the reason why Orlando these last two games, they have not probably played their best. Uh, now, when it comes to um, this game with Inter-Miami and FC Dallas, uh, the common denominator is the turnovers. Mm. Uh, the turnovers in the mid are a big deal of well, what's happening in Orlando right now. Um, unfortunately, um, the mid keeps turning over the ball, and the difference between Inter-Miami and the difference between them and FC Dallas is that FC Dallas has the players to capitalize on chances and Inter Miami does not. Now, they've attempted and out of a good lineup, a good system, Kyle, you know, Kyle Smith solid this past two games, you know, although I will say that against FC Dallas, um, there was a little bit of a tired legs maybe at the end and uh, he just couldn't really run uh, towards Hara, which is a larger you know, type of center back, you know, I'll say from, from Dallas, but either way, I mean, the backline deliver against a team that was probably not at the level as, as we were when it came to, you know, you know, prowess and attacking prowess and and passing prowess, right. They had some key players. For example, I tell you, it was Jean, John Mota, um, you know, uh, Emerson Rodriguez, he played a phenomenal game. I don't know why Soffa's score only gave him 6.6, 6, but he, he them two, were really cutting through. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain started and he was trash. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's just the truth. And uh, that's why Campana came in and he actually changed the dynamics of the game for Inter Miami uh, to a point that uh, Orlando was kind of scared that they were going to actually scored again and they were going to flip the this you know flip the pancake on us right so um the turnovers are are huge uh the problem with fc dallas is they went on the counter and they were successful on the counter attack play and they capitalized on the counter attack play that's why the game ended three to one and in inter miami side it failed because they don't have the players to 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 do that much damage so, but if you get a better team that's able to do that, I mean, Orlando is gonna lose a couple of more games. And another thing no, is the people, right? Yeah, personally, I don't like that either. I don't like people leaving a minute eighty-five. Now, do I? Do I? Am I gonna judge them or, or, or you know, I really can't honestly because I I don't know their personal lives in that matter. But it is a big deal that. Two out of their most highest attended games. This game here was seventeen thousand three hundred and eighty people. I think uh, this game. It was it was a high, it was a high attendance compared to to the to others. So it just happened to be the Orlando loses three to one. So you know some some people are fans of the result. You know they they, they are not fans of the the culture of the club or what the club represents for the city. They just want to see, uh, you know, Nick Saban, Alabama, Roll Tide and uh, come in and, and destroy everybody, you know, like, like, like Sonic Boom, right? Or like Hadouken, you know, they just, you know, they just want Orlando to be a, a, an, a super team, right? Right away. There's, there's people that are a fan of the result and there's people that are a fan of the culture of the club. You know, I'm sure you can probably agree with that because, you know, you support Stevenage, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. 99, I mean, 99% of their fan base is, they, they love the club because of what it represents to them, yeah. right?
1: Because it's a community club. That's a, that's a concept that we don't have here in the United States. It's a, it's a yeah. club owned by the fans. It uh, represents the city. Uh, and, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they live and die by the result at the end of the day. Um, but that said... Uh, which is interesting that you mentioned that, Luis, uh, because, again, I'm going to have friends from Stevenage coming to watch this uh, game uh, in June, Um, is that the result in Dallas does not reflect uh, a poor performance by Orlando. Uh, If you look at it this way, um, they tied on an error of coverage because, obviously, at at that point, um, you have Jara, who's, who's, who's fresh, Dallas was coming from seven days of rest. They had lost their last two games, so they had a chip over their shoulder. So they tie it, and then after that, um, you know, again, more tired legs. They go ahead. And the last goal is exactly what happens every single time a team in any league, in any place, any continent, any country in the the world uh, happens to do, which is all meat on the grill, all offense, because you're looking for that tying goal. And if you don't get it, guess what? You get punished again. And that's exactly what happened. So 3-1, you know, I mean, it's not like they they outplayed us. Uh, It's not like they they, they punished us. This just happened um, at a point where we had no answer. Uh, The guys were tired. I mean, they're human. So with that said, uh, and as far as the people leaving – well you know that's that's an American thing. I'm sorry that it is an American thing. It's something that unfortunately continues to happen. People have mentioned it before that you know in other countries they're singing they're you know they're chanting, we make fun of Miami for doing that. Uh, you know on Wednesday, the fifty uh, fans they brought in with them uh you know, they stayed, they chanted they they did what they did and you know that's that's how it should be. unfortunately, like I said, People here in the United States, like Louis said, uh, and, you know, they're a fan of the result, and uh, and again, we, we see this Jekyll and Hyde from the fans. We win, the sky is blue, everything is perfect. We lose, we need to fire this guy. We need to do this. We need to do that, and and we need to understand the circumstances of the games that we're playing. Um, anybody with two eyes and uh, an uh, soccer IQ of two would have told you that. Uh, the best we could have done on Saturday was a tie. And unfortunately, did not go our way.
0: Yeah. Um, and to give the mic to Paola, um, Paola, what were your thoughts uh, regarding, um, you know, Dallas specifically, right? I mean, they, in the first half, I think uh, Orlando looked to be somewhat the better team. I think they had a lot of chances. They could have put away the game. But then Dallas flipped the switch. Uh, what do you think that was?
2: I believe uh, the coach, that halftime, 15 minutes in the locker room, they knew what were our flaws. That was the midfield, and that's where they attacked us, right? Because the first goal, it was a pass between, I don't remember, but Perea got the ball, and then he lost the ball in the midfield, and that's where the first goal came. Cause I saw it in slow motion. I, I saw it. I'm like, no, no, no. But I saw it. Um, and, and that, that's what I couldn't imagine what happened in the, in the locker room. Like, Hey, this is where Orlando, this is their weakness right now because they're tired. Like David said, they have been um, playing since Wednesday and we were tired in Austin. We were tired too. There were two games. They were tough. The, one of the toughest, two games, toughest games, technically they were not easy Either of those. So they knew where we were slacking and they attack us from there. Um in the first half, I wish we could have like done like two more goals there so we could <laughs> tie. But um it was a great, 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 great goal from Aaron. I was like, wow, like if we can see more goals like this, and I know like little by little we can we are gonna see more from Aaron. Um, he's still adapting right and I know that now he's connecting and I know that he left, loved this club so I I can I saw it on on Wednesday I don't know if David saw it too um that he went to the fans and he was like going crazy but we we were not as good at the midfield as always so
0: um I'm gonna add here that um you know Orlando City to me uh, dominated also again. You know, they came in and they come in with a lot of intensity, you know, just creating attacking chances. Uh, Mulroney, I think he did a a good job uh, in his position. Uh, I would like to see him either Mulroney and Urso again on here, uh, or if not, even Facundo Torres right here on the wing, in my opinion. I think uh, both of them. Um, in the first half at least they, they they create a lot of chances. Uh one thing that I did notice was that Kara was very slow in transition. He kinda held up a lot of the attacking uh, counters for Orlando when when the wingers try to go forward, uh try to go past the back line. So past Paxton, past uh uh Farfan. Um and you know, they were looking for Kara. You know, he he, he wasn't there. I mean, he, he either I don't know if he was too slow in transition or he was just not connecting with with his teammates. Um, John Moutinho had a phenomenal game. He had a, a really nice, cheeky play in the first half. Uh, but again, you know, the mid started, again, turning over the ball uh, unnecessarily um, <clears throat> right here, right, right in the mid. And you don't want to give those chances to a team that is well-coached and that has the players that will definitely hurt you. And I think they went back into the locker room. Orlando took advantage of a set piece play that they've been practicing for a while, according to uh, Urjan Caro when he talked in the uh, post game conference. Um, he said that they've been pl- they were planning that that play. If they had the chance, it was either going to be Jansen doing the flick or it was going to be Urjan. So Urjan actually was there, um, and he did it. And it was a great goal. Orlando was winning one 0 at the half. Everybody was excited. Everybody was like, oh, man, they're actually going to pull it off. And even though Orlando came out with the same level of intensity as they did in the first, again, uh, Orlando was creating a lot of chances, getting a lot of fouls uh, with set piece opportunities. But again, they, they couldn't put it over the net. They couldn't capitalize. There was no one there who could finish the play. Uh, there was one instance, I'll say, and people can leave the comments there, and I'll give the mic to Dave, that Urgent had pretty much the, you know, when when um, Dallas went up 2-1, two, two to one, Orlando had the opportunity to tie the game. And it was a corner from Alexander Pato, you know, right? And then it was a perfect, perfect cross. And then all that Urgent had to do is just, even with his chest, just, just go in and, you know, just push the ball in. He flicked it. Out wide, completely wide. So um, those things, I think Orlando had to had to get better. Once, once uh, you know, Hada made that really great goal, and Kyle Smith couldn't catch him. Pretty much, it, I think the the whole momentum of Orlando went down, and I think uh, Dallas's grew uh, to the point that Dallas over uh, completely dominated the game after that. And uh, be honest with you, I mean, look, I'm Peruvian. I cover Orlando City, uh, you know, and but I, I'm gonna say, you know, theme, on the, on the third goal, Pedro Galesa could have done more, you know. And uh, you know, this doesn't make me a, a terrible person. This doesn't make me any anything like that. With all due respect, he's a world class caliber uh, goalkeeper, uh, it, but he could have definitely done more. But everyone in everyone is human, right? And so. His family was there as well. Facundo's dad was there as well in in the stadium. And, uh, you know, um, bad day at the office. Right. Uh, But Orlando has a chance now to to go back into the winning streak, hopefully. So, um, you know, good for Dallas. But, uh, you know, um, Oscar was mentioned in the post press conference about the lack of finishing. And he said that that's something that are definitely, definitely working on. Which brings me to my next point, and I want to address it with Dave. MLS transfer window is opening up, and uh, you know what are the positions Orlando should definitely take a look on.
1: All well, attack, if you ask me. Uh, this team, um, in my conversations with people at the stadium, and uh, you know on the way to the stadium, back from the stadium, at at OCV games, everybody that recognizes me, wants to talk about this. And they all say the same thing. We, you know, this team has a problem scoring goals and uh, it's undeniable. As a matter of fact, I had a long conversation with, with Cleon about this and we both agree that we haven't, uh, we haven't had uh, an explosion of attack since Adrian Heath managed this club. Uh, and he's a telltale sign that since 2015, we haven't had a player score a hat, a hat trick. And, um, that is troublesome. If you ask me, that is troublesome. Uh, because if we want to be honest with ourselves, had Miami, uh, could have done differently and they would have put in Campana at the beginning. Uh, they probably would have won that game, but instead they, uh, they, they want to make playoffs, uh, in the, uh, in the regular season, because obviously, um, the world on the street is, you know, that uh, their coaching staff um, may find themselves out of a job if they fail to make playoffs again, which I think is a little bit unfair because obviously they're saddled with uh, Gonzalo and friends, um, I would be embarrassed if I was making $5.6 million and and uh, 30 minutes into the game after being rested, I am, uh, I am looking uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. looking for a os- oxygen mask. I mean, it's, it's incredibly pathetic, but um, that's a, a tangent for another day. Um, uh, fact is, is that for us, I uh, believe, uh, Luis, the window opens in July. I want to say July 7th off the top of my head and uh, closes August 4th. Uh, so we're going to have opportunities. Now, if we're going to do that, that means that some people that you've grown to love may find themselves traded. That's a fact of this game. That's why you never put the name of a player on your jersey. You never fall in love with players. Uh, you know, Mulraney was beloved in Atlanta, found himself on the chopping block. I mean, that's how it is. So I think um, we are going to see some trades. Um, I saw some, some names in OCB that, in my opinion, should be in consideration for the first thing. We'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, but absolutely. Defensive-wise, defensive I think we're very solid, uh, but we need to score goals, and and, and I just don't see, uh, as much as I like uh, Mauricio Pereira, as much of a, a gentleman and a technical player as he is, we need a number 10 that can score goals. I think, if, if you ask me, with no uh, bias, I think we have a bright future with Ferro uh, with Rivera in that position, but he may not be ready. He's only 18 years old. Uh, do you entrust an 18-year-old with that much responsibility? That's a, a, a question for debate. And um, lastly, uh, we have to have uh, some uh, needs on the wings. The main problem is we have, uh, obviously, uh, Gaston Gonzalez, a situation that we all know. Uh, he's out. And then we also have um, Sylvester Van de Water, that unfortunately uh, we don't know if he's gonna be coming back uh, this season. Uh, his injury was pretty serious, so these are situations that we have right now on our attack that, that need to be addressed. Uh, so uh, we don't have uh, Open Cup again until Nashville, June 29th. That, uh, to be honest with you, it's gonna be a a battle. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be bloody. It's gonna be against a great rival, so we have to already start looking at what we can do to improve our squad. Uh, hopefully uh, get over the hump of Nashville and then uh, re-energize with some new signings for the season and for Open Cup uh, past uh, the month
2: of July. Oh, you're mute, Luis.
0: Oh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, Paula what are, what, what are some of the positions you believe uh, Orlando should uh, target for these uh, MLS uh, open transfer window?
2: Ooh, this is a tough one. I, I'm I'm not gonna be in trouble for this, right? No. Um, I believe a right back. Um, I'm saying that right. Right back is Ruan. Run needs help, right? And I I saw it on 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 FC Dallas, and I saw it in Miami. He was tired. The poor guy. He was walking, and I don't know why. Um, he didn't got subbed earlier on the FC Dallas for being honest. Um he was put in by Holiday cover his his position, but I I believe we we need a, another right back. I know that from the OCB we have a few. Um but we need to we need to cover that area. Thank God. And and this is another fact. I forgot to say this. We didn't have the starters, the full 100% starters on the FC Dallas and we had them trouble right they were in trouble in the first half so that's a lot to say um but i will i will say a an attacking as well we need that attacking um i feel that we have the we have potential but we are missing a key part in the front there's something missing there that we're not finishing so i know that probably the the, we're gonna see changes soon i saw a rumor in in twitter it was a rumor um, that they were trying to buy Rouen. I don't know that this is 100% true. I don't know. It's just a rumor, a rumor in Twitter. But, um, we're gonna definitely see changes this summer in July. So I'm just curious of who who is coming in and who is going out.
0: Um, I, I have a lot of thoughts and I have a lot of, um, markets for, I think, um, they need to target, um, I am happy with Mauricio Pereira personally. I know people are going to be like, "But why?" Oh my god! Ugh. No, no, it's uh, I, I'm happy. With, look, the the mid of Orlando is creating chances. You know, the problem is the the finishing. You know, um, like they had so many set piece opportunities, and there was no one there to just capitalize on it. And uh, personally, you need to find another midfielder. That you know, I like when Pereira Pere, Pere has the freedom to do those passes and, and be that influential in the in, in the game. He you don't see him a lot um going back and forth defending like maybe Urso would do, or maybe like Mendes would do, or maybe Araujo would do. Those are three defensive midfielders pretty much. Urso can go into the attack more because of his physicality, but you see more Mendes and Araujo right there as as a six, right? Right in the right in the center. Um, I think Pereira needs help. I'm gonna give a player that to me is very exciting, and uh, it's he's from Peru. His name is Christopher Gonzalez from Sporting Cristal. He is very young. I think he's a uh, Peruvian national team as well. Uh, uh, he's at, uh, I believe he's like 26. Uh, hold on, let me double check here. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not quite familiar um familiar with his age, but he's one of the best players in the Peruvian league right now. Very underrated. I'll say very underrated. Um, yeah. So he's uh, 29 right now. So he's right in the perfect age for MLS. So he's right in the cusp. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not uh, super expensive, in my opinion. And I think he'll be the type of player that could be that, assist to Mauricio Pereira and those legs um right there helping him out you know um in the recovery of the ball in the attack of the ball and the set piece play he's a good set set piece taker um and he's he's still pretty young he still have a lot left in the tank no offers from Europe from from him um so I will say the MLS right now is keen to Peruvians it's uh, it's a player that I think monetarily Orlando will benefit from. I, I don't think it's going to be t- tough negotiations like they did with Facundo Torres with, with this player. And, um, you know, I, I think it could be it could be possible. You know, he's won everything he needs to be won in, in, in Peru already. And uh, he's just ready for the next step. And he's a very dynamic player. Right now in 12 games, in 12 games, he scores seven goals in 12 games. So he comes with, he's one of the top scorers in his team. So just, just an idea. And that's right in the mid, right? And then I think urgent car right now, he's hot. He's getting hot. I, I personally believe right now he scored the last three games for Orlando city. In my opinion, he he's getting a little hot. I just think that we need another nine. I think uh, another solid nine, that is able, or either a, a player that is able to play as a second striker, you know, somebody that is not a, like a, like a pivot, like a nine, like a straight tall, you know, a uh, five, five, ten six foot two, number nine, you know, uh, like somebody like maybe, you know, um, kind of like an Iguain, but without being Iguain, right. Playing as a second striker, um, Definitely, in my opinion, I think the Argentinian market right now is is, is soaring. Uh, a lot of the good players want to leave there. Um, a lot of good players. Uh, the Ecuadorian league as well, uh, Liga Pro, is doing good. Um, Europe is going to be tough to get somebody from Europe. Uh, I think uh, uh, again, and and we need to refresh also the the right back and the left back over orlando city right I think uh maybe find a player uh, again maybe from the m l s with a trade or something that is able- that we're able to get for you know for cheap that is able to play both both wings you know and then added Kyle Smith already being there being able to place a center back right back and left back then having alex Freeman then having taylor will um Thomas Williams. Boom. Like Orlando has a lot of depth there. Then Antonio Carlos is going to probably come back sooner than expected. Hopefully then, you know, we're looking at just adding. So I will say three players, you know, because I think Kara right now, he's getting hotter. Um, The team has invested a lot of money in him. And I think he's, he's getting acclimated into the league and he's going to be hotter sooner than later, but we need, a, a competitor for him. You know, I think Yassi Sardis could have been perfect, you know, if he would have, you know, not gone to Colorado. But, you know, we Orlando needs something like that up top because Pato, I, I like Pato as a, as a replacement for Mauricio Pereira playing behind the nine. I, I thought he did phenomenal also as a right wing. So, I, I will say those three, you know, this is the squad, uh, Dave, of some of the players, right, that we have through Transfer Market. You know, these are our, our attackers, you know. Uh, we got Torres, Gaston Gonzalez. He's uh, obviously injured. Uh, biggie Michel, Sylvester Van Der Water, uh, Alexander Pato, Tesho Akindele, which I think Pareja uses, uses him more, not so much as an attacker, but maybe more of as a defensive midfielder, you know, to 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 slow down the play uh, for, for counters for the rival team, in my opinion. I, you know, and then Jack Lynn. What are your thoughts? I think attacking is what we need. We need one more striker, don't you think? No, absolutely.
1: Uh, I actually got the chance to see uh, Jacqueline uh, with a brace at the OCB game. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, I think that he has a lot of future. Now, the problem with this season is a, a lot of fans see it as we win. We got, we got Gaston. We got... Um, We got uh, Torres, we got Araujo, we got all these guys. We're winning the cup. And in my opinion, it's more of a transition from the have-nots to the ones that have. We are making this transition to a better-built team. Uh, The Wolves have a lot to do with how Nashville was built and how Nashville recruited. Um, They are everything that we were not. At the beginning of our uh, MLS life, a lot of people like to point out to the Atlantas and the LAFCs of the world. But the fact is is that Nashville, little by little, has done things that I wish that we had we would have done. For example, uh, make playoffs first year in the season uh, in the in the league uh you know go deep into um in year two into a, a cup run uh obviously right now deep run into the open cup and and all these other things and while nashville's open cup run has been against inferior competition in my opinion but you know they're doing what they're supposed to be doing so obviously we have the wolves now on our side and i expect the same things so i don't expect overnight uh changes uh, radical we still have a lot of play we still have a lot of players in our club that were budget decisions rather than talent uh, if you ask me Jacqueline is perfect trade bait uh, to another club to perhaps get a, a scoring veteran maybe somebody between 29 and 33 years old that still has some thread on the tires and, uh, and, and can come and score goals we have seen how uh, Dom Dwyer all of a sudden has woken up from his slumber in Atlanta, and, and it's is being a factor there. And they're saying that it's a great signing here. He did nothing, um, so you know it, we can we can do those type of things. Again, the problem, Luis, is that a lot of fans um, they they follow the players on social media. And they, you know, they they fall in love with them as people. And it's human nature. Trust me. I, like I said, when I went to the OCB game, I started uh, talking to the to the to the players' families, and and you know, it's it's human nature to to get attached to people. But this is a business, and this is a business of results. And uh, these players are assets. And right now, we have to win. And uh, if we can't win with these players that we have that we have to make changes. And uh, one of the things that we don't do here in the United States that uh, overseas they do is that winning is everything. Who cares that uh, this player posts uh, cute pictures with his kids on Instagram? I want to win. Oh, trading this guy it's going to get us two guys cheaper and younger. See you later. You know, forever a lion. That's, uh, that's, that's how it should be. We should be. Uh, eyes in the veins when it comes to these decisions. And hey, least I see that uh, there's
0: uh, a... Yeah, I'm going uh, to read in the comments right now. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for everybody that has read, um, left their comments. So uh, Victor Rivera, we need someone attacking mid or forward that is MLS ready. It's hard to come from another from other places and adjust. Even Faku has stated that. Yeah, true. Uh, I agree. But uh, you also have to think about uh, not just this season. You know, when you sign somebody, you want to make sure that you're able uh, to have that player um, play the next a couple of seasons and maybe one more season. And that's the reason why I thought about this this guy, because seeing him play, uh, he matches perfectly Mauricio Paredes' game uh, when it comes to, I think he'll be that squire, like right next to him, like you know to 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 find that link up play in the mid you know that that you know and you know the way peruvian soccer played if, if you see the national the peruvian national team how they play they they play kind of like i mean they, they're not like barcelona but they they like to it, it, it's it's what uh, orlando does I mean, playing the possession game with short passing you know short passing change of pace try to find the wings open and that uh, he's used to all of that play so I think his adjustment period will be pretty, pretty quick. He speaks uh, I think English also. So I mean it, it could be it could be a good a good signing. Um and not that expensive. But yeah, I do agree. Uh if we're gonna do that, it will be if it will be somebody from the MLS, I think it'll be like what Dave said, right? We're gonna have to part ways with somebody, you know, Vanderwater, you know, um, you know, somebody, you know, I I don't know if Vanderwater, but you know, somebody from the roster for sure. I uh, says, um like I have said in the past, it says Victor Rivera when they are pressured, they lose focus and get flustered. Uh, I think he's talking about the mid, right, Dave? I think he's talking about the midfield. Yeah, I think um, some players they when you're when you're high pressing them, they re- result to pass it back, and then when they're passing it back, they do it incorrectly, and they just lose the ball, and then the other team, if the other team can do the counter just like FC Dallas did we're screwed but if they are limited uh like Charlotte or like Miami uh then you know we're okay because we have Ruan we have John we have Jansen we have uh, Rodrigo right Uh, and they'll deliver Jim D that's where that's where that that is where we missed Urso in the midfield I, I, I agree he will usually shield the ball well and draw foul rather than turn it over Good. And the reason why he's been playing the wing, why why that is? Because Vanderwater is out. You know what I mean? So we need somebody there. Gaston Gonzalez, he was supposed to be playing at this moment. At this moment, Gonz- Gaston Gonzalez would have been playing, you know, with, with Orlando. So, you know, I, I do agree with the GMD there. Alabama Cassidy. I like Kara, but he's so slow. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Dave, that he's slow? Well, I mean, we said the same thing about
1: um, Kyle Aaron, and history slapped us in the back. <laughs>
0: so, what, what what are your thoughts uh, there, uh, Paola, about Kara, about him being slow?
2: <laughs> I I agree, but when he fo- finds that net, he puts that ball in the net. And that's the important thing. Um, you said it, Luis. We like the wings; they were forward, and he was missing at that top on FC Dallas game. Um, I don't know, probably he was tired from, from Wednesday, even though that he didn't play the entire game. Let's say, I don't know. I cannot judge him right now, (laughs) but um, I call him the green giant. I don't know because he's really tall. Um, So (laughs) I, I always like when I saw him, like, oh he's, he's like a green giant. So, um, but if he can score I don't care if he's slow or not, but he needs he needs he needs that, that little bit a more faster pace. But
0: yeah, I mean, bit. Kara, I, I believe he's you know, he's 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 heating up. I think he I mean, he scored uh in, in the last five matches, I believe, of Orlando City. He scored in three of them. So that tells you that, you know, they're 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 finding the link up play with them. So it's just a matter of time for him to go off, hopefully.
2: And right. I saw in the highlights from him um, playing in Europe, and when that boy hits that that ball in like prior that line in the mid, almost the midfield, it's power. So I'm every time that he's in that middle area, I'm like, oh, it's he's gonna do it or he's not. He's gonna do it or not. So I don't know his instructions with, with pareja, right? Because every team has different instructions for the forwards but i just want to see him going in a long shot and see if he can put that ball in the net cuz he has power
0: uh oliver norgen says pro refs are terrible i agree i agree jim d puppy has to hire an offen- an offensive coordinator or a consultant we can dribble around the opponent's box for 90 minutes and have nothing to show for it what are your thoughts there dave well
1: it's difficult to say because it, same coaching staff is the one that gave us a great game in Austin that was ruined and stolen from us by referee incompetence. Uh, I believe that part of the reason why the Miami game went the way it did, a little bit psychological. Another one, obviously, tired legs. And uh, in, in, in Saturdays, obviously, we have spent an hour talking about why the game went the way it went. I think uh, neither one of these three games is a indication of the ability or inability of our uh, offensive coordinators, which, by the way, is Oscar Pareja. Uh, and there's a Mexican gentleman that assists him with that. Uh, I, I don't have his name. Um, uh, Luis, while I'm talking, if you can. It, it, I believe uh, his name is listed on the – um, Nation app. If one of you guys can help me out with that, uh, on their staff, it's a Mexican gentleman that, uh, that is that that he had, uh, he worked with in Tijuana and he brought him over. So that's, that's who, uh, who assists him with, you know, with the offense. Um, so yeah, I mean, what we can do, my friends, is we can crumble this week and just. Throw it away. It's over. It's done. I think right now my my concentration or our concentration as a as a collective. Fabian Bazan. No, it's not Fabian Bazan. It's uh, Fabian Fabian and his brother Argentinian. It's it's another gentleman. Um,
0: Diego Torres.
1: I think that's what it, I, I think yeah, that's Diego his, his name. yeah, he, he was Torres. in
0: he was in Tijuana, right? Yes,
1: okay, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. so so uh, by the way, um, uh, I would love to transition to the OCB game real quick uh, because I met uh, a lot. I mean, what we have, you know, working in our club, it's, it's fantastic. And, and I want to finish what uh, my answer to um, what uh, uh, I was asked um, by Gene, the, uh, the, the At the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's over and, uh, you know, we have uh, 17 days to rest. And uh, right now we need to start thinking about what we're going to do against uh, New England on the 15th and uh, on the 18th at home against uh, Houston um, that has not been to Orlando since 2018. Um, this uh, this past Sunday, or yesterday as we're recording this, uh, I went to the Orlando City B game against uh, FC uh, Cincinnati 2 Uh Fortunate loss, uh, five to three. Um, but um, actually, yeah, five to three. Um, Would I recommend going to the game? Um, it's up to you guys. uh, After I tell you this, it's twenty dollars to go to the game, uh, which I felt pretty steep. It's actually it's fifteen dollars for for the ticket and then all the fees take it up to twenty dollars. Um, the quality that you're going to see there, it's a little bit over what you will see, um, in a academy game. And, um, so you have to, you know, you, you can say, well, I can grab the same $20, go see the pride or go see, uh, get one of the cheap seats for Orlando city. I like, cause I wanted to support our club. I wanted to see what, uh, the guys had to do, you know, they had in store for us and also, I had nothing going on on a holiday weekend, so I went. The attendance was primarily the relatives of the, fan, of the, of the players, um, employees, uh, academy kids. Uh, the, uh, the staff that is working with OCB is deep, deep, very South American, guys, very, very South Americans, uh, by listening to the people screaming, Argentinians, Hawaiians, Brazilians, Peruvians, Colombians. Ecuadorians, that's, that's who who is working with the club at the moment. Um, the main language of OCB is Spanish. Even the guys that are not Hispanic speak Spanish, uh, which surprised me. And not only, that wasn't only with OCB, but with uh, Cincinnati as well. Um, a lot of Spaniards, which surprised me. There's, there's a lot of people... Investing into what they perceive as the future of MLS is this, these young kids. Um, first uh goal for Orlando City Moisés Tablante. I am sick and tired of telling you guys how good this kid is. It's a guy, you know, you know I'm gonna say it. it's a guy that uh Kansas City wanted to steal away from us, it's a guy that Miami tried to seduce away from us and out of loyalty and love for Orlando and the fact that this is where he has grown after leaving Venezuela. He has, staked, uh, has, has, has thrown the, his tent in this club. If, if you guys follow me on social media, you see they go, they go lasso. lack like, like a better word, because it, I don't know, we need to create a word for, for goals of this magnitude. Uh, I mean, it was a powerful mule kick. Uh, after that, we saw, and you know, unfortunately, I was playing with my phone and, and I couldn't get it on, on video. But uh, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, very talented player, uh, scored a, a goal. I mean, if you guys remember uh, when the, the DK was here, that type of tundrous, uh kick, that's exactly what he did. And then from the penalty spot. Unfortunately, um, we made some mistakes. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, they punished us with them. The most egregious offense was an on-goal uh, on OCB, where the player should have. And, and again, I'm not gonna mention names because you know uh, we, these are players are developing, and I don't wanna single anybody out. Players should have cleared the ball. Instead, he turns around, throws the ball back to uh, Otero, thinking he's gonna be there. Uh, and unfortunately, he's not. And boom, ball goes in. And in my opinion, that was the, the decisive factor in this game. Now. Who are the players that, in my opinion, should be in the first team tomorrow? Moisés Tablante. That's one guy. Jacqueline, superb. I think that I will. Seeing the skill set that Tesho has, Tesho is it acts more like a ten, to be honest with you, like a winger at times as well. He's not really the the the, the number nine that everybody wants him to be. Maybe it's time to start bringing Jack on situations where we're bringing in that With Fred Rivera, uh, Silky Touch, talented kid. I just think, and I spoke with his parents, and they agree with me. He needs to bulk up. He needs to gain, gain more muscle. He's just he's just he has the body of a teenager. You know, he needs to bulk up. Uh, but uh, it's superb passing, uh, it's just incredible. Um, uh, a great substitute for Pereira, if uh, if you ask me. And finally, Javier Otero on goal. Yes, you can see the five goals, whatever. But the fact is, is that this kid has the same ability as um, as Pedro Alize. I, I, I see this guy progressing. This Venezuelan kid uh, definitely has a future. I will, I will you know, everybody loves Grinwis. I going to be honest with you. Maybe perhaps we start. we going to start thinking about Javier Otero as our third goalkeeper for the first team. Uh, but anyways, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a great day out. Uh, ran into our listener, uh, Juan Jimenez, who happens to be from my hometown of Bayamon, Puerto Rico, which celebrated its 250th uh, birthday last Sunday. I don't know if I mentioned that last Monday. So uh, uh, a big hug to all the Bayamoneses throughout the world. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it, again, um, we have a great future with OCB. And uh, I guess we can talk about uh, Orlando Pride. Embracing that Orlando City
0: 2016 spirit. Yeah, sure. Orlando Pride uh, tied um, two to two. um, Pretty much leveled against uh, the reigning champs, you know, Washington. um, um, You know, the Washington spirit, they honestly put on a show. uh, To me, you have resilience because as you see here, the two players in the picture the one in the white is Trinity Rodman, one of the most exciting players right now in the NWSL. I, I, to, to me, I think a future starter in the women's national team for sure. Um, also the daughter of Dennis Rodman. And she has the same attitude and character and punch as his dad did back in the basketball court. And on the other side, you have, I think an exciting player like Courtney Peterson. She's a, uh, um, a left back for Orlando City. She's been playing well uh, this season so far. Uh, I, I will say this uh, you know, a good show, uh, a great display of resilience by Orlando Pride. Um, again, you know, uh, Michaela Clough, uh, brand new, you know, rookie, came from college, won everything she had to win in college. She's playing at a very high level for Orlando. She's actually one of the best players in the team right now. And then Leah Pruitt, right? Leah Pruitt also uh, came from Penn State uh, and she's been definitely, um, you know, uh, delivering um, highly. And then um, it's just the way the pride came out with the willingness to level the score. You know, Uh, I I definitely say that because I've been covering the team for over almost two years now and, I, I truly enjoyed how this team is so together. Coaching staff, players—they they just want to win. Obviously, they're not a lot of names, but there's a lot of you know, you know a lot of players that want to win, right? And um, you know, playing against the defending champs—you know—it's it, it's pretty tough, right? Uh, and uh, they definitely delivered, and uh, super proud of them. Super proud of them that they were able to level. They are. Um, fifth in the, um, in the NWSL, you know, and I'm going to give here, here's the here, you know, six, right. And so one, one really quick, quick data here for the pride, which is um, very interesting is that in the past, um, you know, it's a really interesting start. So Orlando right now has the most goals scored. They have nine, but also they have the most goals against in six matches for the NWSL season. So just something to keep in mind, right? Also, I want to show a a good uh, data that that I found regarding the attendance for these games. Uh, Hold on, I'm going to see if I can um, put the... I don't know if you can see it there. Hold on, let me double check here. Right there. Right there, so... Um, th- this this was the attendance, uh, on NWSL matches. Uh, look at Orlando. Orlando's fifth right now. Um, Angel City, eighteen thousand people for an NWSL game. Kansas City was six, uh, almost sixty five hundred people. Uh, Oil Rain, uh, you know, doing superb in the Women's League. Also, look at that. And then Orlando, thirty five hundred, right? And it was a very exciting game. I, um, um, I also saw a lot of uh, posts from a lot of the fans that they were actually quite happy with the performance of the team. And they, you know, those are the type of things that make you want to go back to the, see those games, right? When the team you see that the team is actually fighting back and getting a result. So I highly recommend everybody to go ahead and um, go and get your tickets for Orlando pride, you know, check them out. Uh, Family friendly, you know, um, action packed. Some of the games, and uh, definitely you're supporting uh, Orlando, right? So um Paula, do you have any anything else you would like to add?
2: One, one, one word for this for this game. Perseverance. That's it. They okay. never quit. They never quit. So we need to learn from their for for from the pride. Um, I always say I need to go to a game, but I never go <laughs> since last year. So I need to go to a game um so i i i was kind of mad that i didn't go to this one but one of my friends she was there and she said to me that the stadium almost wanted it to collapse after that second goal and they were pretty i saw the highlights and i was like wow so kudos for the for the team um and i'm i'm gonna go to to a game i promise or more. No. One or two more.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. I highly recommend everybody to go ahead and uh, check out the Orlando Pride. Um, they've been playing phenomenal. I want to say hello to Leah Pruitt to everybody. Jerrion Denkins too. She's playing phenomenal. Uh, Darian Jenkins. Uh, so Sidley uh, Rue. Right. Um, definitely. So uh, Dave, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, close? Sure. Show? Well, uh,
1: We're going to be taking a little vacation obviously because uh, um, we all need to recover. Um, Gaston Gonzalez gave an interview to Argentinian television. Uh, he is, uh, finishing his, um, rehab in Buenos Aires. He's, uh, going back to Santa Fe to spend time with family and he's expected to be flying back to Orlando in the month of June. Um, uh, I believe late June, if I'm not mistaken. So he will continue his, uh, rehab Uh, here in Orlando. So he's going to be joining the team, getting acquainted with his uh, teammates and all that. So that's good. Obviously does nothing for our season this year, unfortunately, but it is what it is at this point. Um, Just to remind everybody, June 15th when uh, the hostilities return, Orlando city is going to be visiting um, New England and uh, a a uh, team that has given us problems in the past then we're gonna be coming back home to our only home game for the regular season uh, that's gonna be June 18th Saturday 730 please be there. Uh, definitely gonna be there uh, uh, it's gonna we, we' have a ton of people from England that are coming to to some of them to see their first MLS game and uh, June 29th is gonna be our next game against Nashville uh, at Exploria uh, interesting match for open Cup. Because uh, we were not, we are not seeing Nashville in the regular season this year. Uh, we were not supposed to. And, you know, luck be that uh, now we're going to be playing against them. Obviously, when we are ready, when we return, we're going to be talking about this uh, more in depth. Uh, but uh, I, think I I leave you with this, my friends. You know, never let a defeat get to your heart and a victory to your head. Uh this is this is the way it is with the season. Um, you know, if you want to get upset, get upset on the last day of the season. Get upset when we get bounced out of open cup. That's the moments you need to do you need to reserve your ups uh, you know, your your, your mood for. Um we uh we had some things go ag- go against us, uh injury-wise and, and player personnel and all that that you know, even uh, under the best uh, forecast uh, you couldn't have not uh, foreseen. And, you know, it's, it's what it is. Um, I'm going to show up regardless to the games. You know, I have said it before. Uh, you know, I have been following this team with 3,000 people and a dilapidated uh, Citrus Bowl back in 2011. Why should I quit now? Uh, when we have a better stadium, we have a better team, we are in a better league, we have better talent, we have more money and all that. It'll be, it'll be ridiculous. So, my friends, let's just stay together. And I know that there's people within our fan base that don't like negativity, who don't like when people get uh, express their frustrations. We're human. I think that's, that's, that's natural and that's healthy when we do it in an environment of respect. And uh, in, in in where we get the collective with the one goal of lifting a trophy, which every year should be our goal. So let's just let's just instead of fighting with one another, let's concentrate that our rival is the opposing team on the pitch for ninety minutes. Let's support the guys that wear our colors. Let's uh, let's let them know that they're appreciated. Uh, I uh, I spoke with uh, Facundo's dad, who was telling me that uh, how much. Um, they appreciate the, the the words of encouragement of the fans, even when things are not going their way. That wasn't the case in Uruguay, so uh, they sure appreciate that. I spoke with the, the parents of With Rivera who told me the same thing. So we have to, uh, again, we just have to be positive. Uh, for anybody that wants to watch uh, my vlogs uh, for the OCB game and the game against Miami, uh, the Legendary David on YouTube. Uh, obviously, I can be found on Twitter at, on the floor, at Florida underscore man76. So, that's pretty much it. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you when we get back.
0: Uh, Paola, um, last rights.
2: Um, thank God for this 17 days of rest. We must deserve them. Um, let's see what the boys put in June 15. Um and I will be in that game for the Nashville against Orlando for sure. Uh, even though that I was like a zombie after um, in my work, but it's okay. My boss knew that I was in an Orlando City game. Um, so that's why I couldn't call that out. I'm just kidding. Um, but it's 17. It's winning our house. And our story
0: every Monday. I think you're cutting off uh Paola. Uh, we didn't hear the last part. But uh oh
2: I said I said yeah just to subscribe and watch us every Monday. That's it.
0: Uh definitely. Uh the last two comments here. Alabama Cassidy Mulroney has been a great pickup. I totally agree. I think he's been great. Uh he loves when the fans talk stick to the to the other team. That's what he said. So uh, he definitely enjoys being here. Victor Rivera, everyone is happy when the team wins, but as soon as uh, they lose, those same fans will knock the team down. Yeah, to- totally, right? Everybody knows more than everybody else. Uh, you know, they don't, you know, some, some fans that just don't like to, you know, I mean, they're entitled to their opinion for sure. You know, I don't, I don't knock that down out of them. But, you know, if we want to definitely be a soccer city and be a soccer culture, we cannot be a fan of the result. You have to be a fan of the club and uh, uh, understand that we're not Liverpool. We're not Chelsea. We're not, uh, you know, uh, we have not won as many cups as the LA Galaxy. I mean, let's be completely honest. And, uh, you know, we are from Orlando. Orlando is known for Disney. You know, that is the fact. And. <laughs> You know, we got to portray us as a soccer culture, as a soccer city, and support from minute one to minute 90 uh, all the way around despite the result. Um, that's going to take time. And, uh, you know, but at, at that point, I think Orlando's doing um, big strides. I think in that Inter-Miami game, the crowd won that game. I think the crowd won that game for sure in the penalty kick shootout. A shootout. So, um that's why I, I believe that the fans, uh, definitely the ride or dies, will will be there to support the team no matter what. So um, I want to, again, thank everybody for supporting us from, from minute one. It's been an hour and 18 minutes uh, of information. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LPO underscore podcast. We're also on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando. Also on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. Click on the notification bell for all notifications. Um, check us out and um guys uh vamos orlando right i'll see you guys next week take care and on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and ¡Vamos Orlando!